Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Huns, popping in real quick to do a little bit of housekeeping before we start the episode. First, I want to let you know that this episode with Nicole Ziggy, we do talk about faith manipulation. And so I wanted to just let you know and give you a little bit of heads up if that subject is a bit sensitive for you. Uh, We don't go too deep, so it probably shouldn't be a problem. But again, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Second, I want to let everybody know that the FTC common team is open. If you don't know what I'm talking about, head back a couple episodes and listen to the episode with Doug Brooks, where we talk about the FTC commenting, and that will fill you in. Or you can head over to our YouTube channel. Yes, we have one of those. It's pretty new, and I don't know what I'm doing, but it's kind of fun. Head over to the YouTube channel. We did a comment writing workshop the other day, and that is up uh, just to give you an idea of the sort of comments that uh, that people are posting and if you're sort of lost on what to post or you're feeling overwhelmed there's lots of different examples of comments on there and different topics uh, and different ways that you can sort of go about crafting your comment if you would like to do that and I really really urge everybody to do that because we're up against MLM we're up against Amway and 10 years ago when this happened Amway submitted what 17,000 comments And I know how many people listen to the show. So if everybody that listens to this could just leave a comment, we could be Amway like by the weekend. So I just really, 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 I can't urge enough, really, really, really want you guys to go over there to watch that episode we did on Life After MLM, the show about the FTC comment workshop and craft your own comment and please post it. Um, This is... The first time really that we've had this this huge community effort and even outside of the community to be able to make real lasting change um, and help people. I would really appreciate the support of everybody coming together to do that as well. I'm really excited about this. I don't know if you could tell. Anyway, let's get on to the show. Um, this is a fun episode, especially if you hate Monet, because I get on a little bit of a hairstylist soapbox and well, you know, you're about to listen. So enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today we have Nicole Ziggy. I am so excited. You guys might know her as anti-MLM Nicole on the internets. Your content is so fun. Thank and it's, you. It's musical theater based, which is like absolute. I love it. Let's just get into it. You weren't even a part of an MLM, um, which is something that sometimes we see advocates that were not even involved in an MLM wanting to come and speak out and say, hey, these are bad and this is why your content's amazing. I got to say, this is probably the most random thing I could possibly get involved in. Um, I remember talking to my brother a couple, like a month or so ago, and I was telling him about how my Instagram page has has grown. I think at that point I was around like 3000 followers or something, which is still bananas. And he was like, so why did you start this crusade against MLMs? And I'm like, yeah, I guess you call it a crusade. <laughs> um, so throughout my life, uh, I've always known about uh, pyramid schemes and pyramid scheme companies and MLMs because my parents have, uh, they've 
have taught me and my brother about the dangers of being scammed by them. And also I used to watch the news uh, kind, of, kind of religiously. And I used to watch uh, news stories that come up about like Mary Kay and all these other different companies and how people have like stock stockpiles of inventory that they, that they have in their drawers and they can't sell it. Um, but also with the um, connection with my parents, um, someone close to my family or two people close to my family joined Amway, tried to recruit them into Amway. And of course, my parents said no. They also tried to be uh, a couple other people from my parents' work. Uh, some of their patients, I think, tried to get them into Herbalife or something like that. So, so my parents are pretty pros at saying no to pyramid schemes, which is great. Um, but these people that uh, are close to my parents that tried to recruit them into Amway, they had bought a whole bunch of products from Amway and then they couldn't sell them. And so they were scammed. And so uh, they don't have never talked about it, at least not to not to me or, or my brother. Um, so my parents were the ones that told us about it and said, hey, this happened to these people that we know. And so, you know, make sure you say no. Well, then fast forward um, my freshman year of college, I worked in retail and a fellow co-worker tried to recruit me into USANA, USANA, like, and, and it was so funny when he, when he asked me, it was so random. He's like, um, Hey, do you want, um, he had the, these granola bars and he's like, Hey, do you want one of these? I was like, no, no, thanks. I don't really like protein bars. And then he's like, okay, well, Hey, do you want to sell them and make some extra money? And I'm like, no, <laughs> why would I want to sell expensive granola bars? I thought it was the weirdest thing. Uh, so, so I said, no, which, thank goodness. But then fast forward and, and mind you the whole time, like I, I knew about these companies, but I didn't understand really like the severe danger that comes with these companies. I didn't know they were cults. I didn't know any of that. I thought that was an exaggeration that they were cults, you know, like what, that's a cult. What? That's, no, that's not real. Um, but then uh, I, it was the end of 2020 in November, it was around the Christmas shopping season time. And I was really on a kick of support small businesses, support small businesses. So then I go into a local store um, here in, in Eastern Kentucky, and there's a person selling pharmacy makeup. And I had no idea that it was pharmacy. That's another MLM. I had no idea what it was. I know a lot of makeup brands. So I was like, and one what? sec real quick. Most people are probably being like pharmacy. It's it's spelled pharmacy. Not to be confused with the company at Sephora that's also pronounced pharmacy. I'm like, good job branding on that one. And I feel bad for that other company because then they can be confused with an MLM. Uh, that's unfortunate. So then they had the this makeup on the counter and I and I already had a few things I wanted to buy from the store and and this lady at the counter she must have been the rep she must have been um and she's like oh do you want some makeup uh we have like we have such and such and she had all these different things and then she's like oh we also have eyeshadow palettes they're also really good and stuff and I'm like no no thanks and I kind of looked at some of it and I'm like yeah I already have enough makeup but then but she gave me a sample and so and I went back home because I had never heard of this brand before. I'm like, what the heck is this? So then I look up on YouTube because I'm like, there has to be a YouTube video about this. There has to be. And so then I find Savannah Marie's video. She did a, uh, it was like one of the only pharmacy videos at the time. And it was, she'd gotten some products from a, from a fellow subscriber of hers. And she was trying out the makeup and talking about it and stuff and how it's a pyramid scheme. And I'm like, what? Like, oh my gosh, it's these companies. I had no idea. So yeah, so that kind of, and then that kind of spiraled into me watching a whole bunch of videos 
like Deanna Mims, uh, uh, Chelsea Suarez, Cece Suarez, um, Isabel Lanter, just a whole bunch of content. And I'm just like consumed with this content. And then I'm just like, man, I know a couple of people who are in these scams. I'm like, I just, I want to talk about it, but I don't know who to talk about because my parents don't care. <laughs> They're like, okay, sure. Go on. <laughs> go on right. That's always the, like, I really want to talk about cults and scams and pyramid schemes, but like everyone in my life is like, Roberta, we really don't care. And so that's why I have a podcast. <laughs> Dude, that's me so hard. Like I talk about so many things and my parents are like, go off, Nicole, go off. <laughs> sure. Have fun. We'll, we'll talk about it. Sure. Whatever. And then uh, about, it was over the summer, I was following a whole bunch of Instagram pages and I had a lot that I wanted to say you know, cause I had, I had looked up different hashtags of all these MLMs and I saw all these problematic posts and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd love to post about this. So I got some uh, uh, advice from some pages that I followed and then I created my own page and then it kind of exploded. Uh, Mon Nate's, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, alleged COVID super spreader convention kind of propelled me cause I was sharing a whole bunch of clips uh, about that and exposing how they weren't wearing masks. And then it kind of spiraled from there. And so now I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, your content is just fun. It's really fun. Um, again, like I said, the musical theater, are you just a musical theater fan or do you have a musical theater background as well? I actually have a musical theater background. Um, I did theater from fourth grade all the way up to the end of high school. So I did like musical theater plays, that kind of stuff. Uh, I did uh, shows in um, like children's musical theater there was a program that was like a youth summer theater program that I did every single summer so I was a part of that up in Cincinnati Ohio but yeah I've always been obsessed with theater but I didn't have an outlet for it until now and then I was listening to because I, I listened to some show uh, soundtracks on my way home uh, whenever I drive from where I live in Eastern Kentucky to my parents' house, which is like three hours away. So I can listen to a whole show. Oh, girl. <laughs> I just showed her my playbill to Hamilton. This is my second Hamilton playbill oh, as well. Oh my gosh. Um, so I was going to ask you, what's your favorite Broadway show? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. I think, well, I saw The Lion King in Cincinnati and I absolutely adore it. Um, just the whole like working of all the puppetry and stuff like that combined with, oh, so good. So good. Um, I think right now I'm on a Hades town kick. I think probably because it's winter time. <laughs> I'm in a Hades town kick and that's most, most of my theater content has been around Hades town. Um, I think yeah. I was scrolling the other day and you were doing a Hades town and I was like, oh my God, is that Hades town? This is incredible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm living the dream finally because I didn't do anything with theater in college but then uh, I I get to be an adult and I, I've been wanting to like sing and have an outlet for theater but I you know I, I'm busy with like my full-time job I can't like I can't go and do a play or something and then I have this and I'm like wait I want to make some reels wait I, I like these songs okay you know what I can honestly I'm connecting them with MLM stuff now right um, and this is literally my thought process when I'm listening to music because an MLM really is so much like leaving an abusive relationship. I feel like so many songs I was like, oh, I could make an MLM TikTok about this song. Yes. <laughs> so it's like really great. And I put myself in that mindset now, like it's really fun. And because you're making it, it's inspiring me to make it too. 
and oh, like and God. now I'm just thinking of music in that way like oh this would be great <laughs> I know I do that oh my gosh I've done that so many times like I was listening to the Hadestown soundtrack and it was before I had made um I think it was it was one of the first times I had re-listened to it this year and I was hearing about like Hey Little Songbird, that song from Hades Town, And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like MLM reps. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the whole, when the chips are down, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like when people are, are disenfranchised and, and suffering and MLM reps are like, hey girl, I got an opportunity for you. Come with me. <laughs> it's just, it's brilliant. And, it and the thing yeah. is, it's like, you're creating such great content that's different than other anti-MLM content. I think everyone needs to follow you first and foremost. Oh, thank you. I, I want to say really quick, I didn't say uh, brilliant, that's right, for like my content being brilliant. I meant brilliant in the fact of like connecting the songs with MLM. I'm not trying to like- Girl, you're brilliant. Stop, take it, take it. The main reason that you're here today, um, we're going to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about for a really long time. I think you're an amazing person to talk about this with me. Um, we've talked about religion. We talked about the Mormon aspect with Ryan McKnight in the very beginning of this podcast, one of our fir- first earliest episodes. And then we talked with Abby Miller about the Christian side and how the Bible really is against multi-level marketing. And here are ex- examples of scripture. It was incredible. I love Abby Miller. And now I have you. Nicole Ziggy, who is going to talk to us today about faith manipulation. And I am so excited. This is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart because I've been a Christian my entire life. Uh, you know, my, my parents are Christian, my brother's Christian and everything. And this, this is definitely as the more that I've learned about MLMs and the more that I have been doing this kind of content, the more it just it really gets under my skin when faith is used because that's such a deeply personal thing and to kind of twist it to make it about greed and deception and wickedness really just it it definitely it it hits close to home I guess absolutely so for anybody listening right now who's like faith manipulation what the heck is that Let's just give a a very broad definition of what faith manipulation is and how it's slightly different from affinity fraud. So faith manipulation is, I guess, for kind of to sum it all up, I guess, is that it's using your, I guess, in MLM terms, really, it's using your faith to convince you to either stay in the MLM or to, um, or to join in the first place, like when they say that it's, uh, you know, God wants to bring prosperity into your life. And so you need to continue with this company and continue giving it your all. And then similarly to like the prosperity gospel of like, you know, eventually like the, I think like the meek will inherit or, or something. I don't know. It's like, there's some verse that the prosperity gospel, uh, uh, people use that kind of, um, are along the similar lines, but it's basically like, this is God's plan for your life to, to have this opportunity in front of you and to continue on and and give it your all. And if you, and if you keep going, if you just keep going, you're going to inherit what God wants for your life. But the thing is that MLMs are rooted. The basis of MLMs are rooted in deception and wickedness and greed. It's like tripping over and robbing the blind, basically. Like that's kind of the, the, the idea of the business model. And the reason why the business model exists is to 
is just to scam people, I guess, just for lack of a better term. I'm trying to think of all these different ways of like saying it, but. No, absolutely. Robert Fitzpatrick says that MLM's core competency is deception. And 100%, it does not work without the lies because it's mathematically impossible to work. So when you have a fact that's literally like, this cannot work, you have to have lies on top of it to be like, well, well, it could work if it was like this, but it's all fake. It's all lies. It's all manipulation. So we know about affinity fraud. Affinity fraud is where you're using your close personal connections to people to fraud them, to scam them. Um, We see it a lot in churches or in communities, um, you know, and so faith manipulation is going to go hand in hand with affinity fraud, but it's really only going to be within the church groups. You're not going to see these in like the cultural communities so much as you're going to see it in, in the religious communities. And it's basically manipulating people by using their faith and saying, oh, well, Jesus wants this for you. And this is your calling. I don't know if any of you listening out there have ever seen a hun make any sort of post that literally is like, I'm selling shampoo because Jesus told me to do it. And you should also sell it with me too. Absolutely. And and it's really interesting because a lot of uh, reps that I've seen have, have made posts similar to that. And they say that uh, God placed this opportunity in front of them when they were in their darkest darkest points in their lives but the thing is that in in the bible that satan also puts things in front of you it's stated in the bible that he does that and so in in a business model that is created for people who are are downtrodden and you know and and grieving and suffering to recruit them to basically take their money so that the so that the few at the top can succeed in a business model that does that why would God's hand be in that when that's the core of that is wicked wickedness and manipulation and greed and deception? Like, why would that, why would God want that for you? Um, and, and, and that also along with that, when people are in these companies and they fail and, and a lot of it is of course, like that internalized, um, internalized, oh shoot. I don't know exactly what the term is like, um, just internalized guilt, internalized like um, uh, shame and and guilt that people feel whenever they they quote unquote fail and, and are fit, quote unquote failures in MLMs. Um, they internalize that whole faith manipulation of like, why would God do this to me? Like, why would He make me fail? Like, He gave me this opportunity and I failed. Like, why would He do that? And then that in turn kind of spirals them into not believing in God anymore because why would Jesus tried to scam you, you know, like it just, it, there's a whole, there's so many layers of this that it's, it's hard to kind of even break down. No, I mean, it's, it's really wild. I see it a lot. Um, it's always really bothered me. I didn't grow up in the church, but I've always been very curious about religion and other people's beliefs. Um, really more like from a secular standpoint, just to see like where, where that intersection was, right? Like, well, these people believe this and these people believe this, but they both sort of basically just believe this one principle right here. And then I would see it in others and and sort of gather. And that was really interesting to me to be like, everybody believes the same thing. They just have different names and ideas for it. And it was really interesting to me. So for me, I've always just taken away, be a good person and, and help people, Mm -hmm. you know, especially where you can't believe. 
Yeah. And those are the core beliefs of every single religion that I've ever experienced is be a good person and do good things, whatever you are, be a good one. And so it's really knowing that and just being like, okay, this is what I believe is just be a good person. And then seeing this and knowing what I know about multi-level marketing, knowing that 99% of people lose, that its core competency is deception and lies and manipulation, which go against everything that the Bible and Jesus says as being a good person. So then my cognitive dissonance is like, how can you say that when I know this to be true? And right there where you're saying, not only does Jesus and God put things in front of you, but Satan does as well. And how do we tell the difference between these things? If they look exactly the same, we have to look at the other factors and the other factors is MLM is a scam. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's also what kind of makes pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing so insidious is that you don't, you don't think it's a bad idea when you're in that low place of joining. And then, but also to even get these companies taken down, which I mean, you know, it's, it seems like a pipe dream right now, right? But to even get these companies taken down, so many people are going to be affected financially because of this. And that's also what makes it so insidious is that to, to call out these scams, I mean, it, it will hurt people financially. I mean, of course, but people who don't realize that it's a scam, people who just think that they're just trying to make some extra money you know, and they don't, they, they're still in that kind of, I guess, <laughs> brainwashing, so to speak, that they don't realize that what they're doing is inherently a scam. But if that income is taken away from them, then they are going to, they are going to be set back a little bit. So that's kind of, ins it's kind of this insidious thing of it impacts so many different people, not just the scammers who are just trying to, you know, take your money and, you know, <laughs> rip people off, but people that the vulnerable people that are that are going to be collateral damage. Yeah, that's a really great point. You know, like we we're always like running, like take them down, take them down. And there's a humongous ripple effect if MLM were to just not exist tomorrow, mm -hmm. right? If it just was illegal tomorrow and they're like, nope, these don't work. So many people would be affected. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so deep and so insidious. And that's why we really want to educate so that people can see this for what it is and they can leave if they want to. I don't want to tell you to leave, although I would recommend it. If you feel like you gather the information on this podcast and you're on accounts like Nicole's, you're on other accounts that of people that have been on the show and you're gathering this information and you're like, but I still think it's a good idea. Like, you know, you might be part of that collateral damage if MLM were to shut down. So that's one of the things that we want to do here too, is just to give you the best information possible so that you can make the best decisions for you and yourself and your family. I know everybody that listens to the show is not fresh out of an MLM. I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are still in MLMs and they use it. And I've, I've, I've learned this recently that there are people that listen to this to learn what not to do in their MLM business and how not to be shady and how not to be scammy, which I think is a great first step. <laughs> I've, I've heard of several people that, uh, that have said that they watch like anti-MLM videos and that kind of stuff to learn what not to do. Which... <laughs> right. And then I think what happens in this journey of learning what not to do is they start to realize, oh crap, without being scammy, without lying, without manipulating, I, I can't make this work. It goes right back into 
the core competency being mm-hmm. deception. It mm-hmm. doesn't work without deception. Exactly. And that's complete opposite of what the Bible is teaching. Exactly. Exactly. Because with this whole collateral damage thing of how insidious these are, why would God create a system that works like that? He wouldn't, <laughs> at least not the God that I believe in. He wouldn't create a system where so many people are going to be hurt by taking down this, this scam, the scammy business model, you know? Well, it's like so many people are going to be hurt when like things are exposed. So for anybody who is thinking like, you know, I think I've seen this faith manipulation that you guys are talking about this, like this guilt using Jesus, like, like what are some of the examples in MLMs that you've seen, or what are some of the MLMs maybe that are more guilty of this than others? I mean, like which companies do you, do you feel use faith manipulation to the benefit, to their benefit the most in MLM? Uh, the few that definitely come to mind first is paparazzi, um, the $5 jewelry MLM. If you've not heard of it, um, I highly recommend going and checking out the YouTube channel, crack the crown, but paparazzi, uh, they definitely love to use faith manipulation, especially during the pandemic. It's been ramping up like crazy. Basically they, well, anyone who is against paparazzi or against even the business model of paparazzi um, or even just speaks out in criticism of it. Like they don't hate the company. They just, you know, provide criticism, constructive criticism. Uh, they're automatically denounced as demons. <laughs> and uh, they, and I, there's a clip on uh, Savannah Marie's uh, channel. She recently reacted to it where a paparazzi rep was on a live and was rebuking people who were critical of paparazzi who came yes. on to her live. <laughs> we had Tracy on the show and she did an, a fantastic in, impersonation of that. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. I love Tracy so much. <laughs> She's also from I Kentucky. Rebuke, <laughs> rebuke. Oh man. Yeah, no, Tracy's great. Uh, especially being from a, a fellow Kentuckian. Uh, she definitely has a special place in my heart. I'm like, you go girl. Um, yeah, but I do see it a lot in paparazzi. Also the woman that told us all that she hopes we fall down the stairs, um, and scar up our faces, but don't worry. She's a Christian. So she doesn't want us to die. She just wants us to be hideously disfigured for the rest of our lives. Um, That's not how that works. First of all, um, it's all about the intent. Um, also I want to say this too, is that, um, and I had made a reel about uh, how God does not support your MLM company. And it was like, oh, here's a hard pill to swallow or something like that. And I was anticipating that they would come into the comments and say this because uh, some, you can kind of predict some of the responses from reps. <laughs> so um, I went ahead and uh, commented some prepared responses for this where basically I don't claim to be a perfect Christian. I'm not a perfect Christian. And I know some people may be like, you know, well, if we're using God to promote our MLM, you know, what, what about you? You're, you're not, you're not perfect. You're not this and this and that. Well, I don't ever claim to be, um, that's, that's what about ism, but also I know, I know other companies outside of MLMs do this where they use God to promote. Like, I remember there was a comment, um, on my reel before I turned the comments off because it just got, it just got bad. I'm like, no, uh, let's just, let's just turn this off. My mental health. I'm just like, no, I'm done. Um, but there was a comment where someone was like, yo, what about the, my pillow guy, um, uh, using religion and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's not good either. 
Like, no, it's you're the doing. same thing. You're like, that's literally what I'm talking about. Thank you for another example. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah, he may not be an MLM, but he's still using religion for greed. So it's, like, it's not that good either. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So I just wanted to put that little disclaimer out there, but, but back to the point at hand with the different companies I've seen this do, um, Young Living, Essential Oils. Oh, and yes. Yeah, they do it a lot uh, with the faith manipulation um, and saying that, uh, and, and many MLMs do this too, but they claim that God provided all of this for them. I, I remember seeing, and I actually reacted to on my Instagram page, I reacted to a 31 rep who also claimed that God had provided all of her success. She was like one of the top recruiters in the country and she had gotten a reward for that. And she said that, you know, God provided all of this success for me and stuff. And I'm like, God had nothing to do with this, even though God was busy doing like actually important things and not hoping your boss babeness like soars to the top. Exactly. It's like, uh, God does not support you recruiting, uh, people who are desperate for money. Um, you know, or, or people who want to make more money, AKA being interested in getting more money because they don't have enough. Uh, God does not support you recruiting them into a system that's designed for them to fail. So it's like, all right, go off though. But um, yeah, 31 Young Living or Monate is also a big one. There's a particular uh, SED that comes to mind. I believe she's SED. Um, And uh, she's of the uh, salvaged variety. And she Ah. loves to claim that it's hashtag God's plan. And she uses God a lot with uh there was a there was a clip that um cc suarez on youtube reacted to where she said uh this this particular rep had said that if you do not take advantage of this opportunity aka the mlm opportunity then you are not being blessed the way that god wants to bless you oh wow that's very manipulative clear faith manipulation and that could definitely and that really targets christians and in particular christian women who just want to be faithful. And if someone's saying that, and they're near the top of this company, you automatically think that they're valid and saying that they're like, Oh, well, they're successful. You know, what if God does want this for me? Right. And then that prosperity gospel comes in too, because you're looking at this person and she's got all these followers and this beautiful family and this beautiful house and all the things that you've ever wanted. And her Instagram is so curated beautifully. And oh my God, she lives the perfect life. Like she is the ultimate boss, babe. I want that too. The ultimate boss, babe. right? But we know that that's not possible. Only 1% of people get to become the ultimate boss, babe. Just, it's not, it's not achievable for everybody but she portrays that it is mm-hmm. and there was a this we did a an instagram live the other night it was just a random impromptu instagram live um and so mallory comes in and she's like guys uh, i don't want no huns everybody knows mallory oh, yeah. she's hilarious i just was talking to a, a a woman who just joined monate like two weeks ago. And then she found my video and she was asking me some questions and I invited her. Can she come on this live? And she had to make a fake account. Cause she's like, I didn't want any of my upline or the people that follow me to know. And she came on and we talked to her and she was like, and this will circle back in a second, but she was like, Hey, I joined and we're asking her all these questions. And I said, you know, what made you decide to join? Cause she's like, my friends said, Oh, that's a pyramid scheme. And my parents were like, that sounds like a scam. And she's like, and I was already kind of feeling like maybe it was. And I said, so what made you get to join? And she said that she watched a video 
of the Monate Million Dollar Earners. And it was this fluff piece about all the stuff that they have and how they're so blessed and how it's just this amazing opportunity. The Million Dollar Club, which is like what, 0.3%? Like it's nothing. Oh yeah, it's hardly anybody. And she said that video, after watching that video, that is what cemented her decision to join. So let's wow. let's look at this, right? She asked her friends and family, like we say you should do. And they were like, that's a scam. But the MLM, because she was still talking to the MLM, they were like, your family's just haters. Like, why didn't you watch this video of all of these successful people? Not mentioning this is only less than 1%. This is not achievable. This is very hard to get to as just a regular, normal person that's not coming over with a bridge or a team from another MLM that you were a boss babe hun in. Mm -hmm. And that, that video got her to sign on the dotted line. Wow. That's manipulative. And it's not necessarily faith manipulation, but it triggered my memory of you saying that Monet Huns are doing this. And that's exactly no matter to her friends were like, no, she's like, I even looked up lawsuits. And she's like, when I asked, they were like, oh, those have already been settled. Like, don't even worry about it. And I was like, that's not even true either. Yeah, that's not true at all. She actually had (laughs) factual information, went to the MLM and they lied to her face. That's crazy. And she came on this live and we're like, Hey, we're not telling you to quit. We're just giving you the factual information they didn't give you. And she was like, Oh my God. Like, I really had a feeling that this was bad. And then I watched that video and I thought, okay, maybe it's not. And she's in college. And I'm just like, you do not need to be graduating double in debt. Like you need to get out. You already have student loans. Like don't add an MLM on top of that. You don't need that. Oh yeah. And that, that too, um, just really grinds my gears when, I mean, specifically um, Monate does this, but a lot of MLMs target, um, are starting to target younger people, younger people who just don't know anything, right. Or don't know any better, but that's what this really, really irks me whenever I see um, photos or videos or whatever of younger people in college joining these companies, because it's like, they're stealing the younger generation before they even have a chance to live. I know that I mean, obviously I didn't join an MLM at all, but I mean, I remember where my state of mind was in college and you are incredibly vulnerable to that kind of thing. If you're not careful, Um, especially, I mean, thankfully I didn't have to take out student loans, but a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Um, Thankfully, Kentucky had, uh, there was like, uh, it covered my, I guess I got like funding every year through the seek funding that they have uh, if you like hit a certain grade point average, then I got some scholarships and that kind of stuff. So I didn't have to take out student loans, but that period of your life is so just so many things can happen if you're not careful. And so that, that really, really irks me whenever I see younger people who have a chance to, to do something amazing. And they still do, obviously everyone does, but I mean, they could fall into severe debt with these companies and they, are stolen from society before they even have a chance to experience life. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's an act, an excellent point. It actually reminded me of when I was young and when I was in college and looking for a job that was flexible for my college schedule, I was like, how am I going to be able to work a normal job? Mm-hmm. I didn't join a pyramid scheme, although there were <laughs> a few that were offered to me. What I ended up doing was I took a year off of college I went to beauty school. I thought, you know what? Like if I have a license to cut hair, I can cut hair at any basic salon on my own time and my own schedule in between all of my classes. So I took a year off. I went to beauty school. I got my license and I found out that I really liked doing hair and I was really good at it. And I ended up not ever going back to college and just continuing that and being very successful 
in my career that way. And it was, it was really wild because I had that exact same thought. Like, how am I going to make money in college with a flex? Like, how am I going to do this? And beauty school was the answer. It was a much better answer than a pyramid scheme. I would recommend it to anybody. <laughs> 10 out of 10. If not for the discount alone. I mean, which is why a lot of people join MLM. So if you really just want a discount on, on beauty products, just go to beauty school, become a nail tech. It takes three months. You got a discount for life. You just got to pay like 50 bucks every, every two years to keep it. <laughs> okay. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. <laughs> Instead of $50 right? each month. Yeah, see, it's a way better deal if you just want a discount on beautiful products. Just go to beauty school for three months and get your license. Oh gosh, especially like more affordable products because these products with these MLMs, like it just takes me off guard every time I look up a product from these companies. They're so overpriced. Right. And it's so hard for me, again, a cosmetologist license, being able to walk into the professional beauty supply and get anything off the shelf for 50% or more of what it's going to be on the shelf in like Ulta or a salon. Mm -hmm. And so every single one of these like MLMs that were beauty or makeup or anything, I was like, your wholesale is more than my professional cost. What? No, no way. You know, like, so for me, when Monet shampoo is $40, I think they pay like 28 or something. I'm like, I pay like 12 for like really good (laughs) expensive shampoo. Dude, that dude, I, I would take the $12 over the like $24, $28 any day. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it does it didn't make my hair fall out or anything. Exactly. It made exactly. it look so much better, actually. Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway, like we've so segued. Um that's yeah, like, so sorry. <laughs> like chicken walk all over. People love it. They're like, I love it when you guys like talk about random things. <laughs> um, we learn so much on this podcast. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was because you actually grew up in a generational MLM family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not really, but you had family members that sold MLM. I think every single person that's listening to the show also had family members that sold MLM. They touted as like, oh, it's amazing. I hear so many times that people will say like, you can will your business to your family when you die, which is like, I'm like, really? No. Like, that's weird. Nobody wants your MLM yeah, business. Yeah, first of all, that's incredibly morbid. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's like, That's so morbid. oh dear, you love my lipsticks. I've left my Avon business too. You're like, thank you so much. <laughs> so, so much. Thank you for your downline, grandma. I really appreciate it. Um, but that is what we want to talk about is the generational MLM recruiting, where it's like, we have, we talked to people on this show, like I was born into Amway or like my parents sold it or like my aunt sold Mary Kay. And it was always like, let me know if you ever want to join, you know? And like, it was all like, it was just known that Mary Kay was just sort of the thing. Right. Um, so for me, it's, it's odd. And I really do want to break that generational curse. <laughs> me like We're actually MLMs. Like generational curses now. <laughs> yes. MLM is a generational curse, right? My mom's on top of it. So it's fine. No, it's not. It's yes. not fine. Yes. It um, wasn't fine then. It's not fine now. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I mean, MLMs and direct sales have been around since like the 1940s legal in terms of, you know, the pyramid scheme model since 1979. So there are a lot of people who have a lot of people in their family that have done this. And let's talk about that generational curse. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, you know, my, my parents did not join MLM, but, but people, many people that we knew in, in the past and even now um, still 
still are in this world of network marketing and that kind of thing. And when you grow up in that kind of space where, you know, your, your parents did it or your, I don't know, your, your, your grandma's, your grandma's sold it or something like that, then you kind of, it becomes normalized in a way where you don't realize that what's actually going on. But even worse than that is when you have someone that, you know, in your family or in your, you know, friend group or whatever, and they don't, basically they were scammed in the MLM and they failed in the MLM, but they don't, they don't say anything about it. And I mean, of course, no one wants to admit they were scammed, right? No one ever does, but they don't, when they hear of these types of scams, they don't speak up and say, Hey, that happened to me. Um, when, when that doesn't happen, then it just continues on because no one is made aware of the dangers of these companies. Everyone just kind of keeps to themselves. It's like, well, <laughs> that was a weird thing that happened. All right, let's just go on. Like nothing happened there, even though that thing that happened there is happening to so many other people. And, but you just kind of, you want to like brush under the rug and like, all right, <laughs> let's just like, not, let's just uh, pretend that nothing happened there. So that, right. that, I feel like that's kind of a generational curse that happens where you don't realize the dangers or you don't speak up. And so the scam continues on for way too long. Absolutely. And it's also like, it's so innocuous because it's like your grandma or your aunt and it's not like, well, they did it. So it must be okay. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, maybe they got scammed, but maybe you believe that the reason they got scammed is what like the MLM's telling you is they didn't work hard enough. So if you go mm-hmm. into an MLM and you decide, oh, hey, I'm going to join Monet and they ask you like, oh, you know, do you have any experience with MLM? And you're like, oh, well, you know, my grandma sold it. It's like, well, our MLM is different. It's like, it's not like old Tupperware. It's like so much newer and it's, right. you know, and so they're going to use anything in their arsenal to get you and convince you to join. Mm-hmm. And because this business model is so innocuous and so insidious and so many people, you know, and love have done it, it makes it normal and it mm-hmm. makes it like commonplace. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I didn't know the dangers, the real dangers of these companies. Of course, I knew not to join one, obviously, but I didn't know the real psychological, emotional, mental damages of these companies and also physical sometimes too with some of these products but um, I didn't know the dangers of these companies until I really did my research and started watching more videos about it because like and that's also why you know it's kind of random about me speaking up about this too is like oh okay you're those pyramid skin companies oh, okay sure go off I guess because it's kind of been normalized in our society that even if someone gets scammed by them it's like well, that happened. All right, <laughs> moving on. Like, like nothing happened, even though right. millions of people have been scammed across the globe, across the country, even like people that you may not even realize have joined these companies. They joined one some way, shape or form and they were scammed. They lost money. Even, even if it's a dollar that they lost, they still lost a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Millions and millions and millions of people being scammed to the tune of billions of dollars. Yes. Yes. That's a perfect way of describing it. Exactly. And so that, that is a systemic generational curse. (laughs) Yes. So it's like, if you are doing these and, and I'm talking to, to the older generations here too, I'm 40, I'm talking to us and above. If you've joined a pyramid scheme, a multi-level marketing company, transformational marketing, direct sales, whatever you want to call it, if you've joined a business retail. like this, right? Social retail, <laughs> social <laughs> selling. Oh my God. It's, it's insidious. You guys, um, <laughs> if you've joined, 
if you've joined a company like this and you've quote unquote failed, and we know that failing is actually succeeding. If you've listened to this podcast for longer than one episode, we know that failing is actually succeeding. So if you've joined a company like this and you quote unquote failed and you're embarrassed, one, you don't have to be embarrassed anymore. That's what we're working on here. And two, I would love it if someone around you in your circle ever spoke up about something that you actually took the time to say, you know what? I've never told anybody this story before, but I actually was in XYZ a few years ago. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to join, but I am going to tell you to do your research. And I'm also going to give you my little anecdotal story because what they're getting in the MLM is all kinds of anecdotal stories. I got a car, I got a house, I got a vacation. You need to also hear the anecdotal stories of the people that are like, I lost my car. I lost my house. I gave up vacations. Exactly. Because that's, that's the reality. And if we continue to keep quiet and not say something and we continue to be like, oh yeah, those are pyramid schemes. And you don't elaborate. You're part of the problem because it really, it's such a societal and socioeconomic issue. Like it's happening everywhere. And the more we keep quiet, the more we're allowing more victims to become victimized. Exactly. You know, I'm always reminded of that story of this little old man who's walking down the beach at low tide and there's all these starfish all over the beach. And there's a person and he's watching this little old man, a little old man is hobbling around, picking, picking one up and chucking it back into the water. And there's hundreds of starfish. This little man is not really making any progress at all. And and the man on the beach watching him is like, hey, what the hell are you doing? You know, you're not going to make a difference to all of them. And the little man picks up the starfish and he chucks it in the water. And he says, I made a difference to that one. I love that story. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. (laughs) I'm sure I've heard, I don't know where I heard it, but it very much stuck with me because that's how I feel, right? Like Mm -hmm. I told my story. And I thought maybe no one will ever listen to this or maybe one person will and I could help one person. And if I help Mm -hmm. one person not be scammed, Mm -hmm. then I've now, I'm cost neutral on myself. Mm -hmm. I I got myself in, but I helped save somebody from not getting in. So I'm cost neutral there. Exactly. And, and, and several things I want to bring up about that too, is that one, um, with the older generation, specifically, uh, people that are in their, um, fifties, sixties, seventies, and even older, I think that there has, there was always this kind of societal idea that anything that happens to you is something that anything negative that happens to you, you don't really talk about it, whether that be like being scammed by an MLM, being scammed in general, or, um, or even something as serious as like, you know, domestic violence. I know that there's a lot of victims that are older that, you know, never came forward. Um, people that I, I know personally, and then also, you know, drug abuse and that kind of thing, just things, negative things that happen. Um, there was a social societal idea that if something negative like that happens to you, you either don't want to tell other people or you shouldn't tell other people because it's kind of something that happens in family, in house type of, type of thing. And so it's kind of like, well, let's just, let's just, you know, act like everything's fine on the surface. Right. And, and everything's not fine. <laughs> so it's like, right. That, like we don't talk yeah. about that one uncle who lives upstate. Yes. Like, oh, maybe we should, maybe right, we should exactly. talk about that actually. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that one, you know, um, that one distant relative who uh, is having just basically a lot of mental health problems, they're really suffering and, you know, they, uh, and then they fall victim to, to drug abuse and that kind of thing, substance abuse. It's like, maybe we should talk about that one person and talk about getting them some help. 
um but also with the the guy with the starfish okay making a difference so um that that really hit home for me when i got an email one day and mind you um amway you know it's the company that really me and my family kind of solidified like the dangers of mlms right and so uh there was a follower of mine who emailed me and said that they had accidentally joined amway and they didn't realize what it was because it was under a different name and they they asked me what to do and so i helped them i was like it, it doesn't matter um it, it doesn't matter like what your upline says or anything just uh call customer service and cancel your account that's the easiest way to go about it you don't you're an independent contractor you don't have any obligation to your upline to your downline to your sidelines um just call customer service cancel your account and if you're afraid of retaliation then you know block them or restrict them you know um do whatever you gotta do to protect yourself from any retaliation but you have an obligation to to help yourself out Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard-approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. You know, you don't 
you're not obligated to help anybody else. And that person actually uh, emailed me and said that they uh, were going to cancel their account that day. And, and so I'm just like, all right, you know, I've done my job. <laughs> I got it's, some, it's so way, great. oh my gosh, it, it really like things like that really, really make my day. Um, like there was another um, person that was in Monet and she said that she had been watching my stories and she saw how I was talking about how the consultants are the real customers. And she, and I had been posting about that for a, or a long time. And I post about inventory loading, you know, and I, and I show examples of inventory loading so that people can know what to look out for. And I, and I always say that the consultants are the real customers in these companies. And she had messaged me later on after she'd been following me for a while. And she said, you know what, that really hit home for me. So I did, she did like a profit and loss statement and she realized that she was in the negative with Monet and she had been in for like a year or something like that. And she said, I'm wow. going to get out. Yeah. And it was, and stuff like that. It's like for that one person, I just saved her. Like, yeah, she, she might be in debt or whatever, but it doesn't matter how long you were in the cult, as long as you get out. You know, you saying that like profit loss and it triggered them and and was like, oh my gosh, I literally watched a video. I want to say it was on analyticals, TikTok the other day. I could have been, it was a paparazzi video, um, but it was like a rep who was like, you know, I actually pulled my numbers and I did my numbers and she's talking about this and she goes, and oddly I'm actually negative. So I guess I got to sell some more jewelry. Who wants to buy some jewelry? And I was like, oh, she's so close. <gasps> so close to being self-aware. Oh no. I was like, oh, she's so close. And I feel like if she does leave that moment might be a moment for her where she was like, I saw that. And I thought, that's weird. Right. And she played it off. It's like, so I guess we just got to sell some more jewelry. And I was like, so you got to sell more jewelry to break even. Oh You're not gosh. even in the green yet. You haven't even broken even. And you've been in for over a year or whatever it was that she said. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But it's like, you have to like, really listen to what you're saying. We have to sell more jewelry so I can break even and make nothing. That's crazy. For all this work I've done. That's so wild, especially with, uh, I, I was watching a tea time regarding paparazzi on the crack the crown YouTube channel. And they were, they were going over the numbers for paparazzi and the fact like you have to ship the products out, you purchase the products, which they do FOMO. So, you know, everyone has to buy all the new stuff. And then, uh, what is it? It's like invoicing. And then you have certain fees with, uh, with shipping and handling and, and all this random stuff and even post-its and pens and all this stuff you would not even consider when joining and they become a cost later on. Like I'm sure that you experienced that with LuLaRoe. Oh, absolutely. And now I'm seeing that income disclosure statements because of the anti-MLM community who have been like, this doesn't include expenses. Here are all my expenses. (laughs) These income disclosure statements are now having this caveat that says, these figures do not include expenses and I love expenses that. <laughs> may include. And then there's a ridiculous laundry list of things where I'm like, dang, I didn't even need to do half of this stuff in LuLaRoe. Oh my gosh. Well, it's like in Beachbody too. I was debunking. Uh, there was a post that one of the top, I, I don't know if she was the top Beachbody rep, but she was like in the top like 2% or something. And she, it was basically, she was trying to appeal to moms and that kind of stuff. And there was a part in there where I broke down the income disclosure statement, you know, and, and I talked about how like 70 plus percent of people are uh, in the first rank and then how much income they have. And I'm like, this doesn't include the whatever fee it is monthly to keep your web quote unquote website up. It doesn't include the, uh, 
the 50, 75, or a 100 PV requirement, which you're going to have to pay that in product each month if you don't sell it enough. And then it also doesn't include uh, state and federal taxes on 1099 forms it's like on ten independent contractors. So it's just whole, all these expenses that people don't realize. Right. And yeah. then any gift you, you receive is also going to be taxed. So any sort of like vacations yes. or bonuses or things like that will also be taxed. So that's another cost that you're not even thinking about when you're like, oh my God, I got a trip. A or free like, trip. <laughs> it's like, it's not free. Right. Not only is it going to cost you money to like prepare and go to this trip, but you're also going to have to pay taxes on it in April. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) It's it's so crazy. And like all this stuff that people uh, that people don't think about. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, when you're in a vulnerable state and I don't blame anyone for not thinking about that stuff because I wouldn't think about that. No. And of course, and that's a really amazing and excellent point is you are not going to be thinking about that when you're so excited about this yes, opportunity. And there's exactly. so much excitement around that. Right. So I like that, absolutely. Yeah. That joining funnel, right. You're going to go, you're going to be added to a Facebook group because Sally down the street selling nail stickers and you just want to support her. Cause she's just like so sweet. And she has like the best brownies at the bake sale. And oh my God, I have to support Sally. So you buy these nail stickers and maybe you like them and there's all this excitement and oh my gosh, like you could join. And that's when you're like, oh my God, I could join. It's only $99. All this stuff that I was going to buy at this party is included in the kit. Plus I get all this extra free stuff and the opportunity to maybe sell it and make some money too. <gasps> yeah, oh my God, exactly. That amazing. Exactly. And also when they get you too with the, um, the whole, oh, well, I mean, you can make some extra money to, you know, put gas in your car each month or something. But the thing is with how much work you're doing, you deserve to be paid more. Right. Don't, like these people are making, like, I, I think, um, you had done the math one time on like TikTok or something where it was like prison wages. It's like, yes, like, that's crazy to me how like people are doing. So, and I feel so bad for them, honestly, because, and that's why I don't hate anyone that's in an MLM because I honestly feel bad whenever I see that because these people are working their butts off and I know that they're doing work. You know, some people like to joke like, Oh, you're not doing work in an MLM, but then they, these people are, they're, they're doing yeah. an actual job. They're like, even if it is in a pyramid scheme, <laughs> technically, they're still doing a job. <laughs> they deserve to be paid for their time. That is such a fallacy that people in MLMs aren't working hard enough. People in MLMs are promoting this business as like a promoter and a recruiter, okay, Mm -hmm. for free. A regular recruiter salary, like if you were an actual recruiter for an actual business, which is does not look anything like MLM recruiting at all because it's quality and not quantity in an actual job. Um, (laughs) Exactly. An actual recruiter salary, I think is starting $46,000 a year. And that's to recruit people, like actually recruit people into an actual business. And these people are doing it for free. They're promoting this business for free. They're putting stickers on their car. They're handing out business cards. They're wearing shirts. They're handing out samples that they purchased themselves to promote this business. This business has a $0 marketing budget because their entire staff that has voluntarily joined is like, I'll market you for free. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's so... Oh my gosh. That's bananas to me. That's so bananas. But like, there's so much work involved in that. So many hours, so much work, so many hours. And these people, and because you're constantly, because of course, like you're highly incentivized to recruit people that you're on, I I think Deanna Mims had called it uh, the hamster wheel of recruitment. 
where you cannot stop. You're constantly having to maintain, and people like to say it's residual income. Well, as long as you're your downline stays exactly where it is because otherwise you're gonna have to keep recruiting people yeah so it's just all that work and even at the people at the very tippy top of these companies like even those of the salvaged variety she always looks so exhausted because she has to constantly recruit and promote the business opportunity and I feel really bad for her honestly and I feel really bad for these reps that I can see that they're working their butts off they say that they're working hours and hours and hours and they don't get paid for it it's like you deserve to be paid for your time you're worth so much more than this you know, I knew about that salvage girl before she joined Monet because I live in a, an area here in San Diego. And a lot of the women that come into our salon to get their hair done have barn doors in their home that she made. Oh, and so wow. everyone was always like, oh my God, I love her. And did you sell, see that she started selling that shampoo? And I was like, no. <laughs> Cause I'm a hairstylist, right? And like, these people are telling the salon and our salon, um, they wouldn't say it to your face but we're anti-Monet. They wouldn't say it to your face because they do have clients that use it, uh, but we don't promote it and we try to get them off of it. But I'm 100% obviously anti-Monet. And if I hear that word in my salon, <laughs> I will educate you. I will be like, mm, actually, that's not true. And I will educate you because um, that's the one, the, that's the one MLM that I do not, um, that I will not promote in any way in my salon, not even like, well, I use it. It works for me. I was like, well, let me show you a bunch of uh, pictures of people that it didn't work for. Look at these oh, scalp sores. Check out oh, this breakage. Um, yeah. And I will say <laughs> as the hairstylist in the salon, right? Like those people that do the Monet people, I go, what's their hair like? And they're like, it's fucking horrible. Like it's so bad. Oh my god! Like gosh. really? They're like, it's so dry. I keep trying oh. to get them to do this mask, the Olaplex mask. Cause I got everybody turned on to the Olaplex mask in my salon. They're like, no, they won't let me put anything but Monet. They bring their own Monet products in because we will not like, we won't use it. And so they'll oh bring it gosh. in and they're like, their hair is destroyed and they just don't see it. Oh my gosh. Oh, my God. oh and that's also part of this too. It's like the, the brainwashing of, of that and it goes with literal uh, proof uh, like, like their just, hair looks crappy and they're like <laughs> it's the detox process oh I'm like, hair doesn't do that though oh my gosh the detox that kills me I told my mom about that because she doesn't know anything about any of this and so I, I've been informing her about it I told her about money and how uh the reps say that that your hair is detoxing and and she she's of the age of like you know Paul Mitchell and stuff like that like you know I mean she she's she's like she's absolutely gorgeous, but also she knows beauty products and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like she always wants to look good. And so she heard about the detox and she's like, what? <laughs> what? She could not yeah. believe it because that's so bananas. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there is, there is sort of a detox process for hair, but mm -hmm. it is a professional treatment and it's called chelation. And it's not a detoxing because hair is dead. And so like, you can't really quote unquote detox. And it's not something that you would mm -hmm. want to do daily either. So a mm -hmm. chelation treatment literally is going to go in. It's going to go into at least the cortex of the hair, sort of blow out the cuticle a bit and pull things out. In fact, I use a chelation treatment on people that are trying to get off Monet. Oh, really? Because these metallic salts are being left in their hair. And I'm seeing chemical reactions when I do chemical services. And I'm like, why is your blonde not lifting? Why are you still yellow? Why can't we get you out of this yellow stage? And it's because there is 
buildup in the hair from the Monet. I don't know exactly what it is, but I can tell you I'm only seeing it on Monet customers and people that are trying to get out of Monet. And we have had to detox it. And we use um, the Malibu line, which there's an undo goo, which I think it's a 9.5 pH, which is very high. Hair is 4.5 to 5.5. So a 9.5 is really going to open up your hair cuticle. You don't want to use a (laughs) 9.5, like really ever. So this is a professional chelating shampoo it pulls that stuff out then we use um, something called malibu crystal gel which is a a mineral chelator we leave that on it helps pull out what's because the shampoo opened the cuticle it's going to help pull that stuff out we're looking at metallic salts and different things like that that would cause reactions Mm -hmm. it's like a two-hour service and then we Mm -hmm. finish it off once we strip everything out of your hair it is going to feel very straw and dry and then we do a standalone olaplex treatment so you're going to get the full olaplex and the mask conditioner everything and your hair is going to feel incredible and you might have to do this several times if you're still having breakage and problems from monet but if someone is sitting in my chair and they're like, I use this and they want a chemical service, I say, I really recommend this because I cannot guarantee the results at this point. And oh so gosh. your two hour color service today, we can turn into a two hour chelation service and then we can come back in two weeks and we can do your color service then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, like I, I don't want to chance it. Mm-hmm. I've literally seen hair melt off in foils. So from, from people that use money from metallic salts, Oh, okay. just any sort of metallic salts when people using box color or grocery store stuff, or this professional or not non-professional luxury lines that are not mm. meant to work with professional chemicals. So gotcha. there are things in there that are not compatible and will create heat. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> we'll create chemical reactions. Um, sometimes that gets so hot. It literally melts the hair. Like that it turns into terrifying. like, if you were to stretch out a cotton ball and like get it wet, that it, the hair feels like a wet cotton ball. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like gummy. Like when you chew bubble gum Ugh. too long and it starts to dissolve, that's what it mm-hmm. feels like where you're like, what is going on? It, it gets so hot. It creates our, an exothermic reaction in the hair and it melts the hair off. So this is why I tell people it's very important that you know what you're putting in your hair and that if you are the kind of person that's constantly getting chemical treatments and chemical services, which is fine, Mm -hmm. you have to know that your hair has a breaking point, literally. (laughs) And you can't, you can't mess with it on the outside. If you're working with a professional, you need to stay with professional things. So it's just scary. It's very scary. Hair is, is, is so much more than just like getting a haircut. I remember one time um, I was doing hair and someone asked me what my real job was. And I said, no, I'm a hairstylist. They're like, you went to school for this. And it was like a young, younger kid, you know? And I was all, <laughs> yes, I did. And um, I think a lot of people have this preconceived notion that hair is just like, oh, you work at Supercuts and you can like just take an inch off the bottom of my hair. And then they screwed up my hair again. And it's like, it's not like that. There's so much science and, and geometry and math and all kinds of stuff in hair. So if some, if you're going to somebody that doesn't understand all of that, you're probably not going to be getting consistently good results. Oh my I'm God. So, I'm like on yeah. such a hairstyle. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just glad that I'm glad that you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Because, because like with the detoxing that I hear from like Monate reps, 
it doesn't make sense when you lose yeah. more hair and your hair is quote unquote detoxing. When you lose more hair, that's not how that works. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no hair loss is not a sign of quote unquote detoxing at all. Literally the only sign of detoxing is, is when we do this chelation is your hair might feel a little more dry and you just use a mask until it feels better. Um, but that's just cause we're gotcha. stripping out all the bad and then having to put the good back in, um, mm. hair loss, um, is not a sign of anything good. So if you're experiencing more than more than a hundred hairs a day, a hundred is average. And I will say, um, if you're a kind of person that wears your hair in a messy bun and washes your hair once a week and doesn't pull it down and brush your hair every day and put it back in that messy bun. And you're just living in that like knotted messy bun. <laughs> you will have 700 hairs when you wash your hair. Cause you're washing it once a week and you have seven days worth of hair loss in that bun. So mm. when you wash it once a week, don't be alarmed. If you're the kind of person that washes it once a day, I wouldn't recommend that, but you know, that's, you're going to see a hundred hairs that way or in your brush. If you're only doing it once a week, don't be alarmed, I guess is the thing. As long as your average is about a hundred hairs a day, you're fine and you're not losing hair. So I don't want people to like freak out when they're like, oh my God. (laughs) And this is a way that you can, this is kind of gross and creepy, but this is a way, if you know, like say you wash your hair every three days, wash Mm -hmm. your hair and all the hair on your hand, roll it up into a little ball, (laughs) a little tight little ball and save it in your shower. Okay. I know it's super gross. Just make a little hairball. And then the next time you wash your hair, make a little ball and compare. The ball is getting bigger every three days. You're going to be, you're, you're going to notice that you're losing more hair. Most likely though, you're going to say, you're going to see that the balls are the same size and that you're losing an average amount of hair. So if anybody out there listening is like, but I think I'm losing, that's a great gross little trick. (laughs) And you can do that. And then throw the balls in the trash. also thing too that's crazy it's like uh I've, I've heard like money reps blaming people who use their products have a bad reaction of just not not using shampoo and conditioner properly <laughs> just like like this is a basic thing that I learned like whenever I started showering in like elementary school or whatever you know it's like this is a basic concept that's not that hard to grasp but it's bonkers to me that they that they immediately turn on you and say no you just didn't wash your hair right did you, right. did you do the two washes a day or whatever that is that they promote? Like what? You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. So here's, here's again, I'll give a professional advice to that claim. I personally, um, if I do not get a good lather on my first shampoo, will shampoo twice. A lot of times the first, in, in the salon, I always shampoo everyone at the bowl twice. The first one is going to get rid of the oils, the dirt, the residue, the product buildup, that kind of stuff. You're not going to, you usually won't get a good lather. And that the way you can look is you just shampoo your hair and then pull your hand out. If you don't have really good, decent foamy lather, then most likely your hair is not clean. If you're using really cheap shampoo that has a lot of sulfates, you're going to get a lather regardless because that's what sulfates do. They make bubbles. So if you're not using a sulfate-free shampoo, you might want to double shampoo just to make sure that you are actually cleaning it because that second shampoo is going to cleanse the hair after the first shampoo removes residue. If you're the kind of person that's washing often and you're not going to the gym and you're not using a lot of product and you're just washing like every two days, you probably don't need to wash more than once. You should get a pretty good lather, but if you notice you don't get a good lather, by all means, shampoo your hair again. Sometimes when I do like giant costume hair, like my Halloween hair that was so big for like five days, it took me four shampoos to get a good lather because there was so much product in my hair. So sometimes you do have to shampoo multiple times if there's a lot of gunk in your hair, but 100%, once you get a good lather, 
you don't need to continue washing. Even if it's the first one, you're fine. And then condition shampoo is literally designed to strip out oil and dirt and grime. It is not technology. There's no technology. That's like, this is a good oil. We're going to leave it here. This is a bad oil. We're going to take it. So that's why the conditioner is really important, right? The shampoo is going to strip everything out. And then the conditioner is going to cook, put back in the good. Okay. So there's really, it, for me, it's soap. So it's very, very difficult for you to shampoo wrong. <laughs> um, it's odd to me that this shampoo company is like the first shampoo company in 40 plus years of take home product that, um, you actually are like, I did it wrong. Like there's a, exactly. there's a way to do it wrong. Now, all of a sudden there's no way to wash your hair wrong. If you've got a company that's blaming you, um, you should probably stop using it. And that goes for professional products too. I mean, I don't really see a lot of professional products blaming the victims, um, mostly just MLM, but there's other hair care products like when, which is not a, a, a when is a luxury line as well. It's, it's not. Um, and, and, and Diva curl or Diva curl or however you guys oh, say yeah, that I heard about Diva curl. there's been some, some issues with hair loss in that as well. If you're losing hair, don't use that shampoo. Even if it's something I recommend, you're like, it didn't work for me, then don't use it. If it didn't work for you, don't use it. Mm-hmm. This is what works for me. You know, if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. My, my problem with Monet is not that it's shampoo and that it works for some and that it doesn't work for others. Like my problem is it's deceptive and it's harmful and they lie and say, no, we're not when they yep. are. That's my problem with them. And also because exactly. I'm a hairstylist and it impacts my business in just in two different ways, right? I'm like, I'm a hairstylist <laughs> and an anti-animal advocate and I am double angry about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, abs- I completely understand that, that grudge. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's completely justified. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just like anything, if you have a bad reaction using it, stop using it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Well, it's like, um, I had a shampoo and conditioner that, um, my, my hairstylist, I absolutely adore her. I love her. Um, she, uh, she's been cutting my hair for years and I had a shampoo and conditioner that she had recommended, but she didn't actually look at my hair. Like I, I just told her the issues that I had. And then she recommended a product that she usually uses, but it just didn't work for my hair. And I started experiencing a lot of breakage. And so then I switched to Olaplex recently and I've noticed a complete difference, a complete difference in my hair. I absolutely love Olaplex. It is like, I, so good. it's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. I have other mm-hmm. favorites, but Olaplex, um, I, I reach for that more than anything else in my shower. It's, it, it's definitely, uh, saved my hair. Uh, I had a lot of breakage. Um, I had a lot of issues with like, even my hair kind of looking thin because my hair is already kind of thin, but it was looking a little bit thinner than it usually is. <laughs> so the Olaplex has definitely helped my hair for sure. But I mean, absolutely no. I mean, if you have a bad reaction, don't let any, I, I'm just, I was laughing when you were saying that because I can't imagine <laughs> a person in a salon saying like, well, did you use this, this Bala shampoo, right? It's like, yes. Right. How could I not? Um, but so I'm laughing. I, I don't think that would ever happen um, unless you have a, a weird hairstylist at your salon. That's just weird with what they're promoting. Selling but, Monet. <laughs> for gosh, right. Um, but with like Monet preps, it's it's just it's bananas to me that if if someone recommends a, a product to you or promotes a product or whatever and you buy it and then it doesn't work for you, first of all, stop using it. But second of all, it's not your fault <laughs> that didn't work for you. Like it just didn't work for you. 
Oh, Imagine gosh. like if people bought stuff at the grocery store and it like upset their stomach that they like came back to the grocery store and the grocery store was like, well, you probably just like ate it wrong. Cause it's I definitely know, right? not, it's <laughs> definitely not our frozen tacos that, that gave you the squirts. Like yeah, it, it's you like definitely imagine- ate it wrong. Exactly. It's like, a, it's like, okay, imagine you're eating like yogurt or something. It's like the first thing that came to my head. So, so you're eating yogurt and this yogurt is advertised as not having any strawberries. And, and because you're allergic to strawberries, you're like, Hey, I'll eat this yogurt because it doesn't have any strawberries in it. Then you eat it and it has strawberries in it and you have a reaction. And then the person that sold you the yogurt or something is like, well, did you eat it wrong? <laughs> no. Right? Well, wait, did you use a spoon or a fork? It's like, Oh, I used a spork. <laughs> Oh, see, that's the problem. It's the tongue. It's like the little, the points, oh, gosh. the points is probably what you're allergic to. You should use a spoon because the I'm rounded shape is less likely to cause a reaction when you're eating. And I'm sure there was some like residue. Like I probably didn't clean my dishes properly when I used it. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Do you store your sporks in a drawer full of strawberries? Because that might be where <laughs> you got the cross-contamination actually. I, I now that known. I'm thinking I sh- about it. I should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'll try and do that next time. <laughs> yeah. Wipe your spork down really good before trying the yogurt the next time. <laughs> and that's also too, is like, it, that's what body does with its reps. It's <laughs> not only do they, they do they gaslight you and try to blame you for your experience but then they they tell you to keep doing it for a certain amount of time so not right? only do they <laughs> so it's like so if you're having like let's, let's just keep doing the strawberry reaction thing it's like it's like if you have an allergic reaction and then they tell you well you, did you eat it wrong and so that you're like all right I guess I'll keep eating it and then you keep having that same reaction to the point where you're like having actual like physical long-term harm to yourself that's not your fault. Right. And then you're like, Hey, this strawberry yogurt that doesn't have strawberries is still doing it. And they're like, okay, well stop using that one. I have a different flavor. It's strawberry banana. And you're like, Oh, okay. I'll try strawberry <laughs> banana. Yes, Exactly. It's like, and then you have the same, a similar reaction. And, like, and then oh, you have I the similar why. reaction to strawberry kiwi as well. And we're yeah. like, what is happening here? <laughs> Oh gosh. I'm just, I just, I just have to laugh because it's also very similar with like the paparazzi alleged, even though it's been scientifically proven, alleged lead and nickel not being free thing. Um, it's like, like I remember Geraldine Souza in one of, in several of her tea times said that she had like boatloads of this stuff in her house and very close quarters. And then she moves to a different house and it's not there anymore. And she doesn't, she, jewelry's not there and she doesn't have the same health issues that she had when she was specifically in that room full of this stuff it's like because that stuff I mean allegedly was I just have to say alleged for legal purposes um allegedly was was causing her health issues it's like and then people are these paparazzi huns are basically trying to make her seem like she's making her think that she's crazy it's like no you're not crazy at all this this jewelry has been proven through the independent testing that it has high levels of very toxic dangerous chemicals that's probably why she was getting sick. And then, but these paparazzi huns, they, they just don't want to listen to it. They're like, no, jewelry can't make you sick. Even though you're surrounded by this stuff on the daily basis. Right. And I've said that um, before, you know, I'm not super concerned with the casual shopper who like has a piece or two. I'm concerned about the people that have rooms full of this because there's dangerous levels of cadmium. You know, there's not mm-hmm. a ton of lead and not a ton of nickel. I mean, enough to not be net lead and nickel free, but not enough to really cause too much problems. The problem here is the mercury, the cadmium, the antimony, those things. The arsenic. The arsenic. 
Yeah. yeah. Those are the problems here. And, you know, the United States is like, well, those are totally fine to have in jewelry as long as it's not for children. And <laughs> so it's ridiculous, like how high these parts per million can go. But if yeah. it's dangerous in children, why is it not dangerous in adults? Like, I feel like if it's right. dangerous for one person, it's not like I turn 18 and all of a sudden, like, it's now dangerous. It was still dangerous when I was 17 or 14. It's right. still dangerous. And that's the exactly. problem. And it's, exactly. it's false advertising. And that's the problem, too. Oh, 100%. yes, of course. Cheap jewelry that you buy is probably going to be loaded with this stuff, right? Probably. So, like, if you're telling me we're leaden nickel free and I can take that off, oh, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And then I find that exactly. that it's in there. It's like saying and that then, it's and strawberry free. Right, exactly. It's exactly. It's like, it's not. And then, like, these people are mothers with, I mean, many of them with very young children. And also many of them have health issues too. That's part of the reason why they started in the first place. And then they are just, they have a room full of this stuff that they're in for hours and hours and hours and hours. And they're having all these health issues and it's affecting not only them, but also their family because it gets into their, their ducts and it blows all over their house. Yeah. That's, that's so dangerous. Like It's hard to even put into words how terrible that is. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's horrible. We have an episode with Let's Safe Mama where she does talk about different ways to get tests. And if you are concerned about having maybe some of this um, heavy metal poisoning, what you can do and how to, how to navigate that so that you can actually collect accurate information for yourself and maybe possible future legal cases as well. But also with the paparazzi stuff too, with that, uh, on that topic and how this connects with the whole, like, um, with Mon- with the hair stuff that we were talking about earlier is like how Monet, you know, claims that it's going to remove all this buildup and everything, but then it actually damages your hair. And then paparazzi, they claim to be lead and nickel free. And then it actually has a lot of harmful levels of lead and nickel in it. It's exactly like that. But, and then high ranking reps are trying to deny people's experiences with their health issues, with the jewelry and with the hair care. And then they're trying to basically criticize any any people that have any constructive valid criticism against these companies trying to say either that the the jewelry's fine the jewelry's safe blah 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 blah. it wasn't false advertising or with the hair care that well you just did it wrong (laughs) it's like both are stupid but both are stupid things to say when someone is when is someone is suffering and having a terrible reaction to something that's a stupid thing to say is either to deny their experience or to say that they're doing something wrong themselves and it's their fault. Yeah. And it's a huge problem. And let's really try to stop invalidating people and their experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. Any normal non-pyramid scheme company, if there was a complaint, they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. How can we make this right? Exactly. Not, not, um, you used it wrong. You hater. You're probably just bitter because you had a bad experience. It's not been my experience. My hair is amazing. You have ugly hair. That's not my problem. Yes, that's exactly it. Because that's also too, what fascinates me with these companies is that there's so many times the reps will automatically just brush you off as a hater. They'll say, you know, Oh, you just did it wrong. Oh, no, you didn't experience that, whatever. And I mean, I, I've worked in retail, I've worked in food service, I've worked in um, administration, and now I, I work in the journalism reporting realm. And all of those, if we fail at any point in terms of maybe we include like, um, if we have, if we have like a fact wrong or something like that, we issue a correction. 
in retail if you if someone didn't get a discount that they that they initially thought they were going to get or whatever you know we or maybe they have a product that they need to return or something like that you know we make it right we make sure they get the product they want in food service oh your order was wrong your order the fries were too cold we got that a lot <laughs> the fries are too cold i worked at wendy's <laughs> And, uh, you know, if the fries are too cold, we'll make you a new batch, you know, fresh batch or whatever, and it'll be, it'll be fine. We'll correct your order. And then administration, you know, if, uh, if I don't know, did the copies wrong or something like that, because uh, I worked the front desk in uh, the school of journalism and broadcasting at my university. So I was like the front desk person. And so like, if I did copies wrong or something like that, and I found out I did something wrong, I would always try to correct it or try to get a form to some you know, if I, if I did a form wrong or something like that, I would make sure to try and correct it. Like, you know, like in any normal company, you try to correct your mistakes, but in MLMs, it's, it's a completely different ball game. It doesn't happen. Just a blame game. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to me as someone who isn't a part of, has never been a part of an MLM doing my research and sitting back and watching all of this happen with these different videos and posts and everything else the blame game that these companies, I mean, the companies, I say the companies, but mostly I just mean like the independent reps who, who represent them, uh, that are the people promoting, promoting the company, that they do this automatic blame game, that they don't want to, I mean, 99% of them do not want to correct the problem. They just want to blame everybody else. And then they want to forget it ever happened. It's so culty. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> You don't say. Yeah. So before we wrap it up and and hit these questions that I have for you, um, please tell everybody where they can find you on social media. And I'll also throw all of these links in our show notes to make it easy for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is anti-MLMNicole. That's A-N-T-I-M-L-M-N-I-C-O-L-E. I'm trying to remember how to spell. <laughs> And then uh, I'm thinking about creating a YouTube channel, but I haven't started that yet. So for now, you can just find me on Instagram. Also, I'm on TikTok, but I don't like the platform. So I'm kind of very, very baby steps with the TikTok thing. I'm not used to that platform yet. So. You're just <laughs> going to have to like upload your Instagram reels to your TikTok. You can just upload it and then just share that exact reel without having to make new content. Because there's all kinds of people on TikTok that would love your IG content that oh, don't I'd get to see too. it. So you should just I do that. Just start with that. I, I, if you I need, need help, I'll, I'll teach you because I don't know how to do reels, but they're literally exactly <laughs> the same thing. I know, right? I just find Instagram to be such a, a better user-friendly platform to use. But, uh, but yeah, on TikTok, I'm also anti-MLM Nicole, the exact same thing. So you can find me on there. Yeah, I like um, TikTok. Uh, I like I like TikTok in the way that sort of like the community is, but I like Instagram and like the interface and the usability of be able to do photos and videos and reels. And then you can talk to people really easily and send pictures and you can't do that on TikTok. And so like mm -hmm. people will message me on TikTok and they're like, I have screenshots to send you. And I'm like, either email or Instagram, like, <laughs> I don't know, TikTok, either fix that or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you, you can also uh, contact me through my Gmail account. Um, oh, my Gmail. Do you want to go into the Cenogen story? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I had, um, I don't know if you remember, I had messaged you about my Cenogens, uh going undercover to um, actually yeah, print out my emails. Okay. So um, basically, I have, I create a new email account to email MLM companies because I like to uh, 
basically share facts about their car programs. And so I decided to do that with Senegens. Well, um, so I created a, a, like an alias for myself and stuff. And my alias, she she has a husband and she wants to join Senegens, but she's not quite sure. And her husband wants to read all the documents. So I asked Senegens for the car information because I there's nothing on their website. Well, first they reported my email as spam and they rejected the message. <laughs> what? They rejected my initial email and I, oh my gosh. I So I messaged them again and I said, hi, my name is blank. And I previously sent an email to this address where I requested more information about the car program. And I said, I'm not sure why, but my message was rejected by this email. I thought this was the customer service email for Senegens. Do I have the wrong email address? And then I sent them like, you know, I'm still interested in joining and blah, 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 blah. Well, then I finally got the information, but it was just hilarious to me that they they thought I was spam. I'm like, good job. Good job. Wow. (laughs) They were like, this, this email seems too smart. I think it's spam. Spam it. (laughs) Like I didn't even phrase it in in a way that was spammy. I was just phrasing it as someone who is interested in joining. And really her husband is like the main person making her uh, get that information. So I just thought that was hilarious. And I had to share it with you. (laughs) I love that. All right. So at the end, we do these rapid fire questions. They're not, they're not rapid. So, you know, don't even worry. Um, (laughs) but are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. What is one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing? Oh gosh, there's so many. The first word that comes to mind is disappointed. (laughs) Just disappoints me. Um, one warning to somebody who wants to join an MLM. Do not because it is a commercial cult. And should I elaborate? <laughs> you, you don't, <laughs> don't it, it's a commercial cult. And, and uh, these, these companies love to isolate their, their members and try to uh, make them basically try to keep them away from their friends and family and it ruins relationships. So do not do it. I would highly recommend not doing it. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Oh, dude, this is so hard. <laughs> Probably Young Living because of the fact that that one is a complete cult, but also uh, the the physical harm that it's caused on people with the essential oils and encouraging people to consume them. Um, and then also with the faith manipulation with that one too. But also the founder of that company, Gary Young, is a certified quack, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. The fact that he was practicing medicine without a license. And he also allegedly, according to newspaper articles, uh, drowned his own daughter after she was born. Um, just a whole lot of, a whole lot of stuff with that company. I just hate it. Yeah. Oh God, he's the worst. Um, and you weren't in an MLM, but you are in the anti-MLM community. And so you do know about the dangers of MLM. So what is like maybe one of the hardest things you've learned in learning about MLM, like one of the the most scariest things that you've, that you've learned? One of the scariest things I've learned is that you cannot save everyone. And that, that goes for any relatives or friends that are in multi-level marketing. Um, anyone that you know, that may be in MLM, um, you cannot save everyone. Um, even with people that comment negative comments, and I try to have a conversation with them and they just completely refuse to listen, refuse to acknowledge my points. Um, You cannot save everyone from not being scammed in these companies. And that's something that I've definitely had to come to terms with, with making this kind of content is that, and, and even when people like you just have to, 
I, I try to be as patient as I can with everyone, but you cannot save everyone. And that's the sad reality, but also it's just a fact that you have to accept when you're making this kind of content. Um, and then my favorite question, which is the positive takeaway from MLM. So what is maybe one of the most positive things that you've experienced being an anti-MLM creator? Definitely when I learned that I had helped someone in Monet and Amway leave, that was one of the coolest things that has ever happened. Um, one of the, one of the most positive takeaways, the fact that I I'm just, I know this sounds cliche, but I, I'm just a small town girl from Kentucky. I never expected to make this kind of content. I didn't think I'd get 50 followers, let alone five, over 5,000. And it's bananas to me. But the fact that I could impact someone so much to where they better their lives in that way is insanity to me. And I'm incredibly grateful for that opportunity and <laughs> for the amazing opportunity. But I, I'm incredibly grateful. <laughs> And I, I, that's probably the best thing that's ever happened is the fact that I could help people get out. Yeah. It's an incredibly rewarding experience to help people leave MLM and, and educate them and sort of open their eyes and help them name some of the feelings that they have and be like, this is part of it. And it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not alone in this and, and the entire community, I'm just so proud of creators like you and people in this community. I cannot wait. Like 2022 is already shaping up to be better than 2021 in terms of like what's happening and who's involved. And I'm just so excited and so proud. And I'm so happy that you're here with us, Nicole. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. You, you have no idea like this, this, this kind of thing. I never expected to ever be on a podcast like this ever. So this is very, I'm, I'm just blessed with this, uh, with this chance that we have to, to educate people that that's probably some of my favorite comments too, is when they, they comment and they're like, I actually experienced this. I didn't realize that this was part, you know, I've been in an MLM or whatever. And I, this is something that I experienced and thank you so much for, for raising awareness about this. It's one of those things that I never expected to happen, but I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity. And I just, I'm so blessed to be on here and, and to know you, Roberta, you're amazing. So. Well, thank you. That makes me feel so I'm like, I'm blushing. Um, you're amazing too. And I'm so oh, excited you. that so many amazing creators are tackling this problem and making actual change. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've done this a long time and I'm telling you like 2021, I saw some of the most like forward movement in anti-MLM that I've ever seen in all of my other years. And it is now this massive avalanche that you cannot stop. Everyone is jumping on. Everyone's like, I have an experience. I have a story I want to tell. I want to share. I encourage everybody to share their story either on podcasts like mine or um, podcasts like Danielle's from Hunts to Humans or on your channels, things like that, talking to people. It's so incredible. I love this movement and where it's going. Also, if you have an experience too, I also share anonymous stories on my uh, Instagram page. So if you have a story that you want to send me, you can send me uh, through DMs on Instagram, but also through my email, anti-MLMNicole at gmail.com. That's a perfect way several people have shared anonymous stories with me. I keep everyone anonymous. So just, you know, let me know what the MLM is or whatever, or what MLM it's associated with. And then, uh, but then I don't share any, any names or any identifying information. So. Excellent. Another way for people to tell their stories before they're ready to, to do it 
as themselves. Sometimes you need to tell that story anonymously first. So we are we are there for you, whether you want to tell your story anonymously or whether you want to hop on a podcast and be like, this is what happened to me. Um, either way is fine. And we are so excited to share both of them. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Roberta. I'm so appreciative. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.